Hello and welcome to the Talking Life podcast with me, your host, Troy, and my co-host and friend, Roman. And today, we're going to discuss the huge, mind-boggling topic that is happiness and the pursuit of it, as there are many different forms of happiness and many different ways that some might pursue it. Is eternal happiness true? Well, we're going to discuss it and see if we can find out. And I'd like to start this discussion with asking the question of how happiness is portrayed into us by books and media. For example, how I remember looking at this video on YouTube about Disney movies and how they portray love as a way to get to eternal happiness, the happy ending. So what would you what would you say about that, Roman? Well, in Disney movies, like especially Disney, when you're talking about movies, it's usually Disney when this applies. But like love is always seen as, like you said, it's always seen as some kind of eternal happiness. Like, but once you've achieved that, you're kind of done. But it doesn't work like that because in reality, loads of like marriages and stuff go really badly. And just love isn't the answer to happiness. And neither is a lot of things that seem to be seen by like media and Disney movies and all sorts of stuff as like, there seems to be some kind of answer, but there isn't really, there's no like, it works for everyone answer to how to be happy, right? Yeah, I'd agree. And it's interesting you talk about marriages because on that same video, it talks about how people who had grown up on these books, women who'd grown up on these books, were some were more common to be in an abusive relationship was they almost believed that if the marriage was going wrong in any way, the best thing to do is just to give the man just unconditional love, unconditional happiness, just try and make them happy all the time. And that's just, that's just not healthy, simply. And yeah, so that's what I would say. I'd say it's quite a overrated way of earning happiness, love. But another way the media portrays happiness in what I've noticed is money and how getting money is a best, is a way to get to happiness. And there is some truth to it because I remember speaking to someone and they talked about how money isn't, isn't the ultimate thing, but it is better to suffer in comfort than to suffer on the streets. And that's true. So what do you think about how money is betrayed? Obviously, money is a good thing. You want money because it uh, like allows opportunities and it stops you from like being in bad situations. It's just useful, but it's not the solution. Because money only buys you like items, experiences. It doesn't it doesn't fulfill much because it will fulfill some temporary desires. But those desires, they'll just keep on happening. You can't it's not like the solution. Being really rich doesn't instantly just make you happy all of the time. Because although you can buy whatever you want, well, to some extent, those things, they're, they're not going to grant you a long-term kind of happiness. It's very short-term and just endless, really. There's no point in trying to pursue that because you never reach some kind of answer. You just keep buying things that give you a small amount of happiness for a, a short period of time 
But after that, then you've just got to do it all over again. Mm. It's how, like, for example, you buy a new game and you play the game for about three days. You're like, oh, this is cool. This is new. I haven't bought this game before. All these new things I can do with this game. It's amazing. But at one point, you're going to get to the time where it's like, okay, I played this game for a few weeks now. It's getting boring. And it's the same thing with most things that people buy. You'd always want to buy more. And, well, wanting more isn't necessarily a bad thing. But if you believe, going into it, believing that that's going to satisfy me for a long time, is it going to work for you? That's just not going to get you what you want. If that's what your game or your shoes or whatever is what you think you're going to get from them. And that's why, that's why Apple released so many phones. Cause it's like, bang, I've got, we've got new phones. We can just keep on rolling the money tree because you'll get bored of that phone. You've got all these new features. You're going to want to buy my phone. And it's not even just about um, new things sometimes. So what would you, what would you think about the way that, phones and fashion can be used to get someone's more to help someone more in the social way yeah well phones and well especially phones and fashion right they're the main two i would say when it comes to this but they're they're usually not because you actually you need them or because you even like them that much but more because you think other people are gonna like you for them like for example, if you get a really nice T-shirt or whatever and people are always like complimenting you on it, then that's going to make you feel good. But it's not because you like the T-shirt. It's because other people like it. And it's the same with phones where you see people getting the latest generation of iPhone. It's not because they like the camera or they, they can really do with like extra storage or faster processing because that's not important to them. What's important is the social status that it then brings to them and for like it doesn't grant them happiness but it kind of grants other people like they acknowledge it and then that grants you happiness yeah it's like how people always want to get on the trend or always want to get on the bandwagon and that's why trends become so big and i like i'd like to shift it to a different side of where people pursue happiness how do you think happiness has changed throughout time because for example some At one point back in the past, people used to think, okay, for me to get happiness, I need to follow the word of God. I need to be a good religious person and then I'll get the eternal happiness of heaven. They were actually promised eternal happiness if they basically did what the church said. It was a great way of making sure that the poor didn't rebel against the church, the nobles and the king, the monarchy. So... What would you say about how happiness has changed throughout time? Well, that's interesting because like back then, happiness was like a much more simpler thing. You could kind of, it was a relatively, not easy, but I feel like there was only really one thing that they could aspire to to achieve. And that once they've achieved that, they're probably feeling pretty good about themselves, you know? And like nowadays, I think we have a lot more freedom with all of that. And although we're less confined, which is a good thing, it also means that people kind of struggle with thinking about what they want to achieve. Because back then, right, you would just do this one thing that most people like around you were trying to achieve. Like you just want to be like accepted by like religion or whatever. And like 
if you want to go to heaven or just eternal happiness at some point. But like nowadays, it's a lot harder to try and aim for something like that because we don't really have anything like that. I think the closest thing is really like money and success, but that that's not really the same kind of thing because it doesn't grant those like eternal happiness. So we have a lot of freedom, which is good, but at the same time, that can kind of be a burden where you therefore then you don't really know what to aim for. Mm. And I guess that would be part of the way that our world has expanded. It's like now we've got social media, we've got all these different platforms, which means that we've got different ideas, different things. The world isn't as linear as it was before. I mean, we've got more countries, <laughs> if we're looking at it literally. Um, so the world has just expanded and there's just different ideas people now have of happiness traveling before back in the medieval ages it'd be like okay i'm gonna travel all across europe because that's all they knew that was their world and now you've got africa north america south america asia the whole shebang and that's just because of the globalization of our world which i think is different from the past and i think another thing about the past is that the ways of communication was different, not just the way that our world was bigger, but the way that we used to communicate in the past was very li- was very linear. It was, you only used to really talk to the people in your village and you get ideas from them. And that would just be there. That would be the jobs that your family had, you might want. That would be the only things you may see that you can get. And now we can see all these people doing things and it's just given us a whole new idea of what we can do, giving us more opportunities, which gives us more opportunities to want happiness through those new jobs. Yeah. And that brings me to another interesting topic is how happiness changes through the environment you are in. So for example, how a poor person will see happiness differently to how a rich person will and see different things as cherishing different things than what a rich person would. So for example, I remember being told a story that one of my family members was walking down the street and they saw a homeless person and that homeless person had a cup of coffee, but someone didn't know that at the time. So they assumed probably that money was the thing that would give that homeless person most happiness. So they dropped it into the coffee. Wow. <laughs> and the coffee oh. got a coin in it. And the homeless person was furious. And they were like, what are you doing? This is my coffee. And that homeless person saw a drink of coffee, something that I don't even, I don't like coffee. And I'm sure you don't think to, I'm sure whether or not you like it or not, I'm sure you don't dream of it. But that homeless person saw that as crucial. That was the thing for him. That was the most give of happiness. So it's interesting how different situations give you different ideas of what is important. Yeah. Well, like depending on your circumstances, you value certain things over other things and they certain things that we, you would assume aren't that important to some people, they actually create a lot of happiness. 
that is it's very surprising almost. Because the thing is as well, is that from like a very basic point of view, happiness is just kind of like chemicals, right? In your brain mm. or whatever. I mean, I'm no scientist, <laughs> but I'm pretty certain it's like chemicals in your brain or something. And those, there's like certain levels, right? Yeah. And you would achieve like a certain, like a homeless person would achieve the same level. Like you were saying with the coffee cup, where that coffee would probably achieve the same level as happiness as like someone else would achieve, like by getting a lot more like expensive or harder to get thing. You know, like if you're in like a, a relatively good background or whatever, and you get like a, a PlayStation or whatever, that's going to make you happy, right? Like to the same level that like maybe a small thing for a homeless person would give. So even though to you it's not really that important, they're still getting the same level of like chemical, I don't know, inside them. You know what I mean? Like they feel the same amount of happiness for something that you would definitely not feel the same amount for. So it's very based on like where you're at at that moment. Yeah, it's about, it could be about income. Sometimes it's just as simple as interest. So I remember um, when Liverpool faced Spurs in the Champions League and I remember looking at the, I I missed the WhatsApp call because I couldn't care less about WhatsApp at the time. I was out with my uncle and my dad in the bar and me and my uncle were celebrating, having a good time. But I, when I got home, I looked at the WhatsApp group and one of my um one of the people in it basically said, Hey, look, Liverpool scored. And the other person replied with no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> and it's that different like that person doesn't care about football. He doesn't care whether or not Liverpool beat Tottenham or if Tottenham beat Liverpool in that Champions League final. But I cared and that WhatsApp person cared. And yeah. that's also part of the different ways how environment affects your happiness. If Liverpool win a trophy, I'm going to be really happy. But because, for example, you don't care about football, you won't no. care. The same if stuff that interests you happen and you were excited for that and I wasn't and I just couldn't care less. Yeah. And that's another thing about happiness and the pursuit of it is the different interests you have. Mm-hmm. And another one, I guess, is also about passion. So what would you say about how someone who's more passionate about an issue? So, for example, if a great step was to happen in the fight for rights for LGBT, how someone may differ. Like I'm sure most, well, every decent human being would be happy if something good happened for LGBT. Yeah. But what do you think about how different people will react to that in different levels of emotion. Well, obviously some people will feel like really happy for it because it affects them. They're, they're obviously the ones that are going to feel the most happy with that. And like with any kind of topic or whatever that people are interested in, if it applies to you, you're most likely going to be the one that's like the happiest about it. But then you have people who just hear about it and they know someone that it will affect or whatever and they'll feel happy for them you know what i mean like yeah. like you're saying about football maybe like if someone's like if you know that your friend's team won you feel happy for them or whatever you won't feel like super happy obviously because you don't really care as much but i think people are often happy for other people 
And yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, that's actually a good point about how happiness comes from seeing other people happy. And I guess it's all, it's about the vibe sometimes, the vibe of the room, You're just happy that other people are happy. The buzz of the country It's just quickly going back to an example of football. I remember when people tell me about the Euros in England and how when it was hosted and how people who didn't care about football get pulled into it. Not even to the fact that the football, that they're interested in it for that moment, but just because everyone's happy. And that's just situations that you get. Sometimes there's just a buzz, even if I don't know what that buzz is from. People are feeling a buzz and people just get swept into that bus. Sometimes it's in the UK, we don't get it much when good weather comes around. So sometimes <laughs> we just get a buzz seeing the sun. And that's all, that's all part of that. And another point about pursuit of happiness is how some people, when they look for satisfaction, to be satisfied and how sometimes, well, Sometimes you might get a period of satisfaction, but most of the time it's almost, well, it is impossible to feel satisfied forever. That just doesn't work. I, yeah. And in a way, it's a good thing that you're never satisfied. So what do you think about how some people think that being contempt is the answer to eternal happiness? Mm-hmm. Well, some people think that there's going to be a point in their life where they reach like a level of happiness that they're just, they're stuck with. They'll just be happy forever from that point onwards. And sometimes that can be really demotivating as well, because once you reach that point, you're not happy. But as well, people think that there's going to be a point in life where they, they've reached a certain level and they're just going to be happy from that point onwards. And that never really happens because there's a constant desire for more. Like just being human requires you to always want more than what you have and that you'll never be happy truly forever. You will get small spikes of it, obviously, but there's never a point where you're just constantly happy. You know, you're content with what you're doing. There's You're always going to like strive for more, right? Mm. Yeah, you're always going to want something new. You're always going to want, even if you have a dream. So, for example, you dream to be a ice cream man, for example. Once you get that dream, <laughs> it's not the most ambitious dream, but let's just, let's just say it, it's, it's, it's Bob's dream, okay? Bob dreams to be an ice cream man. Um, once Bob gets there, Bob will want more. I don't know. Bob might want to become the best ice cream man. Bob might want to become the best ice cream man at making chocolate ice cream. Or Bob might just not want to be an ice cream man. I don't know. It's like whenever you really want something, it's like once you've got it, you're going to want something else. You Goals change. Your ultimate goal becomes something new. It just snaps. It moves. It keeps on going forward. Even some, sometimes that's even just making sure that you, when like you get on a bit, you might stop having goals for yourself, but you'll have goals for your children and that will keep you going. That will make sure that you're not satisfied. So what would you say about having goals for other people? Some people have like goals for their children that they want the children to achieve. Even if the child doesn't really want that, 
but they try and live their life through their child, you know, and like they feel really happy for their child when their child does something that they wish they could have done when they were younger, in a sense. Yeah. Uh, it's like how parents lived their life or the life they wanted through their child and they try and like put a lot of pressure on their child to do a certain thing because they wish they could have done that when they were younger. But hmm. it's it's almost like giving the child, giving your children what you didn't have. And in a way, that mentality is actually quite good because it basically means that it's the way that parents see, I didn't get this as a child. I'm going to make sure he or she gets that. And that will go on through generations, generations, generation. More people thinking, okay, I'm gonna better. I'm gonna make sure my child has a better life than what I did. And that 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 puts life on an improvement, really. So, and that's all part of how not being satisfied is not a bad thing. It's actually good because it keeps you going. And what would you say about it's making sure that you don't just do nothing in life? Yeah, that's important because I think a lot of children and stuff, they don't really want, they don't, because children don't really think that much about that far ahead in the future. They do a lot of things on impulse and they don't want to do things that require a lot of like time to build up, like, I don't know, learn an instrument or I'm trying to think what else, but just things that are like better you as a person almost, you know what I mean? And opportunities, they don't really want to take them as much. Um, but it's interesting. Uh, I would kind of disagree with like what you said about, well, partly, partly disagree with what you said about parents like trying to improve their child's life. Because I think sometimes though, uh, parents can like force things upon their children that the child really doesn't want and they can't really speak out because they're only a child. And although it's important that the, the parent gives opportunities, I think sometimes it's, it's forced a bit too much on the children. Uh, and you could argue that the children don't know what's like good for them for their own good, but I still think that sometimes it can be a little bit forced. You know, actually, now that I think about it, that's quite true. I think my, I don't, I wouldn't say that my own parents ever did anything along the lines of that. But as I think about it, especially in, um, it happens in poorer families, but especially in richer families, sometimes I think. For example, in Kennedy's family, the oldest, President Kennedy, the oldest child, his oldest brother, was, he was built basically to be president. And I think Kennedy was going to be a lawyer. But then something happened to the older brother, and it was Kennedy who was going to become president now. And that their father made sure that he was going to get a president. And you can see that in the richer families, especially, they want their child to be especially in terms in have control of power, have control in the government, have government positions, administration positions, basically keeping the family in a position of status. And I think that makes sense for just the way that rich culture works, the aristocratic oligarchic system just you need people want their family names to stay in the powerful positions but of course it also happens in poorer families like some some people want their child to be a footballer they're like you must be a footballer because sometimes they see it as or sometimes it's football is the only thing for 
some families. And sometimes it's simply because football is going to get you money. And sometimes that's what people want for their child. Go get a job that will give you money so you can lift us all up. And that happens yeah. sometimes in life. <laughs> we need you. You are the you're the chosen child, which isn't a great. Mm-hmm. You have a lot um, of pressure then put on. Yeah, you. it's not great at all to put on a child to be the destiny's child as it is. Mm. Yeah. So we talked a lot about the problems of how happiness is betrayed, how we can use it as how we use it sometimes, how we go on a journey for it. But Mm -hmm. if I was to put forward, not really a solution, but try to put in a a solution to this great problem, a mild solution, that the best way, the closest thing a human could get to eternal happiness would be the ability for them to free themselves, to almost allow themselves to be happy instead of needing something, needing something to get there. You should always want a goal, but it's about freeing yourself, making sure that you don't entrench yourself not to have happiness, really. Entrench yourself to be like a worker who needs to get their happiness instead of just having it right there. Hmm. So you kind of mean like, well, I'm not sure, but I'd assume that you mean like you don't let too many things that are outside of your control or that you you can obtain that aren't really going to like last. You don't let them things like control your happiness and that you kind of control it yourself and then create meaning and happiness within whatever you're doing right now yeah yeah because if you allow outside influences to dictate your emotions it's not going to end well for you because sometimes look people are in my opinion the best and worst thing about life because people can be incredible they can be fantastic and they can also be awful, annoying. Oh, the whole shebang. <laughs> wow. Sometimes just simply rotten. They are the best and worst things about life, in my opinion. <laughs> so you should, when people are being great and people are being fantastic, you should allow that to lift you. It's about what we talked about before, the buzz. You should allow the, you should allow the buzz to make you feel happy. But yep. when people are in there moods they're not greatest hours you need to make sure that you don't allow that to also put you in a bad mood so Mm -hmm. i really really dislike when people go around almost spreading the mood the moodiness that they have and we're guilty of it i've probably been guilty of it once and i really dislike it yeah but the important thing is that when one does that you have to make sure that it doesn't get you down. You have to just keep on going because at the end of the day, a few moments, that person's probably going to be in a good mood and you might be in a bad mood because of that person. So you just need to roll with the flow, take the punches and just keep on going on, keep on being happy, in my opinion. That's what you, that's mm-hmm. a good solution. It's kind of like how we was talking about earlier where you have like, 
this large kind of group of happiness you know like there's so many people around you that are happy but it's like the other way around with like negativity where someone's like really like angry or annoyed and then that just kind of spreads and then because other people are it kind of gets to you and you let too many external things like change how you feel um but yeah not letting too many like don't let other people bring you down or make you feel worse about yourself because it's not like they're, they're going to be sad, but most of that isn't really in your control. I mean, you should try and make people feel better, but you shouldn't, you shouldn't be angry because someone else is or let like the negativity take you over. It, you, you should always hold your hand, but if the person slaps it, you shouldn't put your hand out again. If the person mm-hmm. slaps your hand away, then you just got to let them alone. You've got to wait. And maybe a few minutes, a few hours, I mean, God forbid, a few days, a few months, a few years, they'll finally shake your hand and <laughs> let you pull them up. And it's, yeah, it comes in all, you can't rely on anything, really. You, as, as we said before, you should allow the buzz to happen. And we were talking about football. I mean, you can, that can, like, be amazing. But, I mean, it happened with Liverpool this se- this season, last season. Oh. So good last season. <laughs> I know, I'm going on about this again, but it will be overseen. <laughs> last season, incredible. This um, The season just gone, awful. And if I had allowed Liverpool to control my mental health, then, oh, dear God, I'd be a oh. depressed little wreck. And, and <laughs> just another story, not about football, though, but about my uncle. Yeah, my uncle. He, he really likes Game of Thrones. He was really enjoying it. And then the last season came along. And I can't say for myself, but what I could hear from him, it was awful. It was rubbish. And he really didn't like it. But my uncle is clever enough to know that putting your happiness on a TV show is not a good idea. So if that if he had put everything on Game of Thrones, he would also be a depressed wreck. But he didn't do that. And now he's still the happy, joyous <laughs> man that he was before and that he mm-hmm. is still now. So I think that is the main message, just making sure that you keep on rolling and rolling and rolling with the flow. Yeah. So I believe that our time is just about up. But I think we had a fantastic chat and I think that we have talked about a very long topic, a very complicated topic, yeah, a very elusive topic, a very, a topic that can sometimes be an enigma, a mystery, but I think we got some progress to solving it and we had a lot of fun on the way. So... Thank you for listening to the first ever episode of the Talking Life podcast and we'll be seeing you soon.